Free Talk Live. Welcome to the show. You are welcome to join us and take control of the airwaves here. The number for you, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Aria. Of course, you can bring up absolutely anything you want. Coming up here tonight, we got uh, some news about, well, not good news, but about how people are handling the economic circumstances, what with inflation continuing to record highs for the last four decades uh, almost into double-digit territory, if you believe the government numbers. And, of course, the reality is it's probably already well into the double digits. That's just the numbers they don't publish. Uh, so we got all that coming up. But uh, also, we want to start with people and their fear. Aria, you have a story about Americans. More than half are apparently living every day in fear of various different scary things. Yeah, it's weird, right? Because, you know, I read headlines like this, you know, no place to hide 52%. It fear they're in danger every day, even at home. And I'm like, what are these people talking about? I don't know if it is weird. I, I think that this is what people are trained to do. They are trained to be fearful Little animals who... What? Of, well, I'm sure you're going to go through a list. I have not uh, read the story. Yeah, I suppose so, uh, but I mean, like... I, I'm, I'm going to go off the top of my head here. Again, having not read the story at all, climate change. A lot of young people are afraid of climate change. There was a whole other story we never even we never even got to. It's just too, too lengthy. All about how Generation Z or whatever, and maybe the millennials as well, are stressed. They're anxious. And worried about what's going to happen with global climate change. And then, of course, there's terrorism. That's such terrorism. a silly thing to worry about, though. I like, agree with you. It's ridiculous. You, you, even if it's real, whatever is going to happen is going to happen. And, and you, deal little individual, right. cannot do anything about it. So just roll with it. That's all you can do. But that's not the view of a fearful person. You, you and I don't have <laughs> okay. that particular fear? view. Fair. Uh, so there's that. You know, if, but of course, the government's been ginning up fear about terrorism for 20 years. I don't know if that made it to the list. But, of course, for, for some time, that was one of the, uh, the fears. Economic uh, woes and concerns are definitely people are afraid of how they're going to make the the bills you know get the bills paid at the end of the month as things keep getting tighter and tighter so there's those things there's uh, covid and the fear about getting infected with monkeypox or you know whatever the new right. thing is that's out there this is what the state thrives off of right you know, they say war is the health of the state but also fear is the health of the state yeah See, I can certainly understand, you know, the fear, economic fear and uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm already li- I'm already living paycheck to paycheck. I'm falling behind on bills. I've got a mountain of debt or whatever. I understand that that's at least a realistic fear. Right. Mm-hmm. But I suspect that most of these, that's not what it's going to be talking about. All right. Let's get into it. So one half of Americans feel like they're in imminent danger at least once a day. That That's well, certainly not economic car, fear. I mean, if you drive a car... You are in danger I mean, because there could be some lunatic that comes over the uh, the median and just smashes right into you and you're dead. So, I mean, that's a legitimate concern, but you shouldn't live in fear of that because, well, then you'll right. never get in the car and go to where you have to go. So a new poll of 2,000 Americans analyzed how they feel about their personal safety and found 52% feel on edge every day. Younger on Ameri- edge. On edge, yes. 
I just can't even imagine. <laughs> Every day. I mean, you and I, we've got hundreds of years in prison uh, between the two of us that we're facing in the next few months with the Crypto 6 trial. And I could see why that would cause somebody some concern. But just to go about your daily life of going to work and, you know, whatever other responsibilities you have to do to be on edge, have that f- sensation is just, you know, unbelievable to me. I mean, what would cause me to be on edge is if there was like an active shooter in the vicinity or something like that. I would then be on edge and be, you know, very aware of my surroundings. Uh, But let's go on. I want to hear what else they're afraid of. Younger Americans were most likely to feel concerned about their safety on a daily basis. Again, a daily basis with 75 percent of those between 25 and 34 agreeing with the statement. Compared to just 75% of people ages 25 to 34 felt concerned about their safety every single day. Wow. (laughs) Dark (sighs) streets and sidewalks trigger their anxiety the most, followed by neighborhoods they aren't familiar with. Uh, Should we remind these people that violent crime has been in the last few decades going down? Like... I don't know that it would do any good. It's less dangerous out there, generally. I mean, there are bad neighborhoods, and there are better neighborhoods and all that. I'm not going to say that there aren't still bad neighborhoods. But violent crimes in general have been going down over decades. You, You are safer than ever to walk from one point to another anywhere. Yeah, I don't know what these people, I don't know what world they're living in. Mm. Neighborhoods they aren't familiar with. It causes them anxiety. Next in line were parking garages and riding alone in a rideshare or a taxi. Yeah, speaking of rideshare services. Hold on. Do they give percentages for the taxi? Yes. Okay. What's the percentage? Speaking of rideshare services, 39% of respondents completely avoid them because they don't feel safe taking them. They mean like Ubers and stuff, right? Yeah. They that's don't what feel they mean. safe taking yeah. Ubers? Does that mean that they walk everywhere or that they are feeling safer with a cab driver than they are an Uber driver? It included taxi and rideshare drivers together. Did it? Okay. And that number jumps even higher to 50% for those between 25 and 34. So half of wow. millennials are too scared to get in an Uber or a taxi. How the hell are these people getting home from... Yeah, I can't either. Okay, so to answer your question of how they're getting home, they're talking probably to city people in this case, right? Like, I mean, we don't know. They did say Americans, so I'm sure there's some rural folks in there. That's probably the the part that's not afraid, right? So presuming they're talking to some number of city people here, they're getting on the subway. They're doing public public transportation because other people are around. They don't have to be in a car with another person where they might have to make conversation with somebody. Oh, God, the horror. Or be, you know, molested or shot to death by them. Because there have been a few stories over the years about some murderer who becomes an Uber driver or whatever. And because they've never murdered anyone before or never been caught murdering people before, then when they kill their first person in the Uber, well, it's a surprise. And so, therefore, Uber's (laughs) Uber's, uh, background check process which you do have to go through if you become a driver for uber or lyft they do put you through a background check uh and they won't even let you uh drive if you've got like a weed felony so it's not like they're letting violent uh felons or whatever drive these these ubers are these people really that crazy where they're like i don't want to get in my uber in case he turns out to be a serial killer what else could they be afraid of besides conversation I don't know. That's just He's going to give you a bottle of water and let you plug your phone in. I mean, it's That's an absurd fear. A, it's insane. 
I, I can't. Like, I mean, we were told our entire lives not to get in the car with strangers, stranger right? Danger. Because they could be, yeah. you know, serial killers or whatever. But and this stranger has a five star rating from hundreds of riders. Some guy took the risk of riding in this guy's car the first time, and he made it. And then, you know, <laughs> so if you're really worried well, about it, don't ride with somebody that's got less than four stars, and you'll probably be fine. In fact. I think Uber actually has a system where if you have lower than four or like 4.3 or something, there's like a certain number, 3.6, whatever it is. If you go below that, you get put on hold and frozen. You can't drive anymore. Like they wow. will. There are no two star Uber drivers. There are no, you know, three star Uber drivers. 56% of people share their. Lo- so it also asked, you know, in addition to what they're afraid of, it asked them for tips and tricks on what they use to make themselves feel safer. Oh my God. I don't even know if I can handle this. <laughs> share their location with someone just in case. This is all of all Americans, right? Yes. Okay. I got to get this, uh, like the cross tabs on this, because I definitely want to see the demographics. Gen Z and millennial respondents were the most likely to use that tactic with 62% of those between 18 and 24 and 65% of those 25 to 34 sharing their location with someone. Wow. Now, there is one person who shares their location with me, but it's to make my life more convenient because this person travels a lot. And it's useful for me to know when this person's in the area, mm-hmm. when they're in, you know, it's Mark. And when he's in the United <laughs> States and when he's not, it's useful for yeah. me to know that sort of thing. He's not doing it because he's worried about like, right. being abducted or murdered or something like that. And I have some friends on Snapchat whose location that I see because that's, that's how Snapchat works, but yeah. it's not like a constant thing. And yeah. if they're not on Snapchat, then it just shows me whatever wherever they last opened it. It's not this live location monitoring nonsense. And it's certainly not for anyone's safety. There wow. is more Oh, I want, yeah, I want to hear it and it's just hard. It's really hard to uh, it's hard to fathom living like these, these people live. This is not living. This is just fear. That is not a life. Uh, There's more coming up here. You can join us and share your experiences. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open and you can join us here. The number 603-283-6160. Do you live in fear every single day of your life? When you... I mean, and it hasn't even mentioned COVID. No, it hasn't yet. When you get out of bed, are you on edge throughout the entire day? Worried about everything from... Your cab driver or Uber driver killing you or raping you or something uh, to being afraid of terrorism or, you know, like you said, uh, COVID or whatever other fears we're going to get to. We, we've just scratched the surface of this poll, and I just have a pet peeve here of uh, news, quote-unquote news companies, talking about polls and then not actually linking to the data. It is not available in any of the stories that I found. The one poll polling company that uh, that did this has not, at least from what I can see, linked to their own poll from their own website. Now, the article that I have links to one poll, the company who did the poll, but yeah. it just goes to their homepage, yep. which is completely useless. I looked around on there and I you know, checked their blog and it hasn't been updated since mid-June, so... There's uh, there's this one is not there. There's something they have some content there, but not this one. Arlo, which is the company that hired one poll to do the poll. I'd not heard of Arlo. So this other comp- or this other news article links to Arlo. It's a home security 
Corporation, which makes them a little bit untrustworthy in regards to this poll. Well, I mean, one poll looks like a legitimate, you know, polling agency, and they did talk to 2000 Americans. Sure, but are so, they asking sort of loaded questions or are they well, asking good, fair and honest questions? That's a good question. And you don't really know exactly what they asked if you don't have the poll data in front of you. And otherwise, we just have to trust what MSN or uh, studyfinds.org is saying about the poll. It's like, well, if you guys saw the poll... Why don't you link us to it so we can see it, too? There was a poll that came out last week, uh, late last week, about secession here in New Hampshire, the first ever secession poll. And uh, the folks over at the Foundation for New Hampshire Independence put out a little summary about what they thought was important about the poll. And and I wanted to write up my own piece for NHExit.us and Free Keen, but I wasn't just going to go on what they said. Right. I wanted to go on what the actual poll numbers that I can see in front of me said. And luckily that those numbers were available from the uh, from the group that did that survey, but not in this case. But that said, it, it is still fascinating. I find it plausible, Aria, because we've this isn't the first story about younger Americans and their tendency to be anxious. And right. we don't need to read studies about this to know that in our own lives, I've known younger people who have been expressive about their anxiety. That that is this like common thing amongst, for lack of a better term, millennials or Generation Z, younger people. Uh, in it didn't happen when I was growing up. When I was in school, no one ever talked about being anxious. I'm sure some people were, you know, yeah. worried about taking a test or or asking a girl out on a date or whatever. Anxiety obviously happens in or nervousness, whatever you want to call it, uh, happens in certain circumstances. But these are people who live in an anxious state and they exist and they are common. And so I, I find these numbers to be completely believable. But let me go to uh, Major Payne. He's on the line in Michigan. Go ahead, Major. Hey, Ian. Yeah, this is uh, as I was telling you on the on the call, and this is what I call a a byproduct of snivelization. We're all snivelized, bunch of damn. If we were all dogs, we'd be Weimanheimers. Mm. I mean, it's ridiculous. And I'm gonna coin a coin a phrase here. I think might be applicable to the situation. We're suffering from amerophobia. 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 Yeah, you're scared to be. Who we're supposed to be? Who are you supposed to be? The whole world turned upside down. America don't know what it is anymore. What is America? I don't know anymore. Okay. When I was so kid, America's I, having an identity crisis. <laughs> I'm freaking clueless in Seattle, baby, living in Michigan. Don't ask me. Well, I hope America kills itself. <laughs> uh, thank you for the call tonight, Major. I appreciate it. The number here is six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. Uh, I think what he was referring to is, you know, home of the free, land of the brave. And obviously, living in fear it does not is not conducive to taking brave actions. No, but right? I want to speak up for millennials on this one. I don't know about Gen Z, but I know a lot of millennials. They, As the millennial in the yeah, room. They were, I was raised more like Gen X, so I was being okay. left alone by myself. Like, hey, just don't open the door for strangers. You'll be fine. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but most millennials weren't raised like that. They were raised by helicopter parents who wouldn't let them out after sunset, who wouldn't let them walk to the park to play by themselves that's and things where like some that. of this comes from for sure i suspect that they have trauma that's deeply rooted in how mm-hmm. they were raised to just constantly be i was never told not to get into the car with strangers right because mm. that's that could be very bad advice for someone 
I, the subject just never came up. I don't think I was never actually told, you know, don't get in the car with strangers because what what am I doing on a day to day basis that where that's even a possibility in the first place? Hmm. But millennials, on the other hand, most millennials were told from the time they were born, you know, don't trust strangers. Don't don't talk to them. You're going to meet them on the Internet. Don't trust them. Don't ever meet them in person. That was true when I was young as well. There was stranger danger and, you know, you don't want to talk to strangers unless your parents are around kind of thing. So that's been around for a while. But I think that it, it's gotten worse over time. And the whole idea of the helicopter parent, I didn't hear about that until the mid aughts when we were doing free talk live i think maybe as a local show in in florida and i suspect those are the younger millennials right and those people certainly they must have existed in the past but there's just been this trend in society towards that kind of parenting the kind of uh rounding off of corners the childification of america keeping kids childlike for as long as possible and in need of uh, of a parent but that- destroying their childlike innocence in, in the process right traumatizing like greta thunberg and all of these other people that ter- terrify terrorizing them with the fear of covid and climate mm. change and all of these other things you know doing all of these things to keep them safe as kids while simultaneously destroying their childhood yeah, well, by they're, traumatizing they're, them, they're, they're, uh, the fear of like implanting that mm. into their minds is really just so destructive and so sad. And now you, it's now infectious, they, right? Now they turn into adults, and they aren't getting better. No, they're, of course they're not. Literally living in fear of an Uber driver. Let's let's hear some more from this ridiculous uh, survey. So we were just talking about how they, sh- how millennials in particular, sixty two percent of them, or sixty five percent of millennials aged twenty five to thirty four, share their location with someone mm-hmm. just on a regular basis. Here's where I am, just in case. Yeah, that that's crazy. <laughs> Respondents also reveal the top things they'll have on their person for safety and peace of mind while traveling. The most popular items are pepper spray at 40% and a personal safety app on their phone also at 40%. I wonder what that is. What's a personal safety app? Is that something that automatically shares your location with certain people? I tend to think of something like cell 411, but Mm -hmm. I know that's not what they're referring to. So I I don't know what they're referring to. I'm not crazy, so I don't have a personal safety app Mm -hmm. on my mobile device. Now, look, there's nothing wrong with having a, you know, some sort of a weapon to defend yourself with. Pepper spray. It's got its downsides. You know, you don't want to be downwind from... Well, before the government took my guns, I like to open carry. Yep. Um, And unfortunately, we're, you know, uh, they won't even let us hold hold on to any kind of uh, self-defense items. Legally right now. They made me give up my bow, man. Yeah, even a stun gun. You can't even have a stun gun. Yeah. Uh, The number here is 603-283-6160. Well, our friends can still have these things. They just can't be ours. Okay. Uh, There's more coming up here. It is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. 
thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. It is Free Talk Live, and you can join us right here. Take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. By the way, a big thanks to Libertariat, who is a Free Talk Live supporter, a diamond level of our Free Talk Live AMPS program. AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. If you like what we do here on Free Talk Live and you want to help support the show, then uh, get some cool perks, get some benefits from doing that, go to amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. Like Libertariat has done, he's gone way above and beyond the call of duty and, and become a diamond level, but all we ask for is five bucks a month, and I uh, really appreciate anybody that helps us out over there. So thank you in advance, and thank you to all of those who have already done so over at amps.freetalklive.com. So it's Ian and Aria here in the studio. We've got more. Aria, you've got more to share from this study on Americans and their apparently near constant state of fear over half of I'm, respondents. Yeah, I'm saddened because it doesn't really specify what things Americans are afraid of. It just clarifies different ways in which they are afraid. And there's, well, there's still more to the come. Uber drivers. They're apparently afraid of that. Uh, but yeah, that's why I wanted to find the actual study, and I'm disappointed that it's it's becoming it's difficult to acquire but first let's go to steven he's in georgia go ahead steven hey so i want to call out the franklin county tennessee government Um, okay you were you were being watched you were being monitored we know who you are you're probably not listening to this but i think (laughs) everybody should call there and just let them know that they are scum what they do now five six days ago um, a, my, one of my coworkers um, went there, went to the college there, went to a frat party, got drunk, got kicked out of somewhere. Cop shows up and he vomits on the cop. He's <laughs> belligerently drunk. Hold on. So was he um, being arrested at the time he vomited on the cop or just happened to vomit on a cop when the cop just was around? So he was not in handcuffs, but when you when you listen to what was being said... They had pretty much made the decision they were about to put him in cuffs anyways. So are they now charging him with, like, biological attack oh or is some sort of nonsense like that? Yeah, some sort of involuntary or some sort of voluntary transfer of human bodily fluids. Good Lord. Is there a lawful version weird. of that? I guess so, like a I, blood transfusion or whatever. But here's where, here's where it gets really upsetting. So in Tennessee... They have 24 hours to give you your first bond hearing. They denied it because he assaulted a police officer. By, that was their by vomiting? Yes. Okay. So his second guaranteed bond hearing was yesterday. So I go there because he's a co-worker. If they give him bond, we're bailing him out. We need him. We need him at work. We're undermanned. We need him. So I'm going to bail him out. We're going to deal with the money later. Um, they... 
put him real close to the last. I'm not sure why, but I'm sitting in that courtroom, and there's a gentleman who I don't know if there's any any connection, but one of the bailiffs there, his last name was Hamill, and one of the guys there that was being put on for his bond for his bond hearing got booked like 15 hours beforehand. So he's been there. This is his first bond hearing. He is there for aggravated sexual rape. They give him a bond immediately. Hmm. And what about and your buddy friend, with the puke? So he comes up and they deny him again and say that he is a danger to society because of his lack of respect for law enforcement. I mean, wow. I realize it's not a great argument, but the argument of, hey, I was drunk and vomited does not indicate a lack of respect for law enforcement. Well, even if it does, like, let, let's just say that you are being disrespectful of law enforcement. Let's say you, you did assault this man on purpose and you wanted to give him your puke your puke germ. Can, can we not come to a complete and utter agreement that raping somebody is vastly worse? Yes, I think we can agree with that. Yeah, this so this is can, pretty common where governments, government gangs treat certain types of defendants totally differently. Uh, a lot of times violent people are cut out. We had somebody call in last night and give an example of this. I think it was somebody went to Rikers in yep. uh, New York City. I forget what the exact uh, violation was, but oh, he defended himself. He uh, he used it was a uh, an owner of a convenience store and he was being robbed and he defended himself successfully against the robber and I think took the robber's life uh, by stabbing him to death in that case. And it was a clear case of self-defense. But they went ahead and locked him up in Rikers for some indeterminate uh, amount of time while they're giving people bail the same day for actual violent crimes with uh, with a victim that were not self-defense. Well, New York is weird like that, right? They they punish most heavily self-defense because they don't want people to, to do, do it. it. That's a good point. Stephen, thanks for calling with uh, and sharing that story here tonight. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And, and look, to get back to the to tie this into the story you have here tonight, Ari, about people being afraid, uh, the poll that was done by one poll of 2,000 Americans finding that more than half of Americans, quote-unquote, feel on edge, according to the story, every day. Uh, look, I, I don't blame you. If you live in a bad neighborhood, if you live in a place where there is a high violent crime rate, by all means... Be aware of your surroundings, yeah, and carry some sort of a weapon with you. They do say here that uh, forty, what was it, forty percent are carrying pepper spray. Yep, and uh, you know there's other other non uh, you know non lethal weapons that you can carry in cities that don't allow the carrying of guns. Obviously, one of the reasons why places like New Hampshire are safer in general is because people can carry guns here and they do they do but it's also true that you know it's good to carry things other than guns because if a gun is all you have to defend yourself and you go to defend yourself well that's it someone's getting shot at that point there's no there's no backing down from that however if you have pepper spray or something it doesn't necessarily have to escalate straight to 11 such as you know carrying a gun does agreed however I mean, most of the, I wish they had asked these people how afraid they are of their government, of the mm. police, of mm-hmm. the military industrial complex, because they're the ones who are the biggest threat to the average individual out there. The average individual is more likely to be killed 
I don't know the numbers, more likely to be killed by a police officer than they are, you know, a random hobo in the streets. It probably varies based on where you're at. Like if you live in Chicago <laughs> or did I say homo? I meant hobo. Well, it's that, that too, right? But I mean, if you live in Chicago, you probably have a higher chance of being, you know, a victim of, uh, you know, just random violence. But if you live sure. just about anywhere else that it's isn't one of these big cities, yeah. it's yeah. more likely going to be a government agent or that's, something like that. True. So they, they talk about more people who are afraid. Uh, one of the bizarre ones to me, they, when they meet someone new while linking up, like through Tinder or I, I don't think anyone uses Facebook dating, but something along those lines. I've heard people do. Really? Yeah, I've heard about that. I know it exists. Somebody recently met somebody there. Wow. I forget who it was, but. Good, good for those geriatric people it out there It was the first dating. I'd heard of it, but yeah, yeah it exists. I'm, I'm just surprised that these people who are this terrified actually meet strangers from the internet in public places at all. That's a good point. 58% of them do meet in public places. and Duh, that's like basic level right. meeting somebody. Okay. Followed by, share, again, sharing their location with someone. Americans between 25 and 34 are the most cautious when it comes to this. Sharing what they do on an average of five times a month with other people. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then someone makes a brief statement about that that is immaterial. They also, the survey also asked respondents about their safety and the comfort of their own homes and found 42% of people don't feel safe when they're at home alone. Mm. 45% avoid living on the ground or first floors of apartment buildings out of fear of home invasions. I can't imagine being that crazy. I mean, how often do those even happen? I guess it depends on where you live, but I mean... If, if home invasions are common that, enough... That don't you. include the police. I'm excluding the police right. invading your home, because obviously that happens. It's happened here more than once. Uh, and there's obviously the swattings, right? Like there's the Tim, Tim Pool guy right. on YouTube. He gets swatted all the time. But like legitimate criminal activity, non-police criminal activity coming into your home. How, how common is that? Especially in a place like New York City where there's usually neighbors that are relatively nearby. I'm curious. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. These people seem quite irrational when it comes to the fears uh, that they are living underneath. If you want to comment, you can join us here. It's Free Talk Live, and the phones are open if you want to join us here. You can. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Aria. And, of course, you can join us online anytime you want. You can join our social media platform over at social.freetalklive.com. That is where you can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners Uh and some of the hosts of the show as well. It's a Mastodon-based system, which means it is self-hosted. That means we're running the server, not some big tech megacorporation. So you've got more freedom to express yourself over at social.freetalklive.com. Once again, that's social.freetalklive.com. If you sign up, there is a question about why you're joining the server. Just put a you know reference to Free Talk Live in there or something like that. Because uh, if it's like a one-word answer and it sounds really generic, you're going to get knocked out for spam. Yeah, that's just us making sure that bots aren't yeah. joining. And we are doing a good job at that, by the way. I knocked three potential bots or spammers nice. out uh, out today. So check it out, social.freetalklive.com. 
I don't know if there's much more to this story, Aria. Is there anything else you wanted to highlight from perhaps, this beer story? Uh, uh, perhaps. I mean, 60% of those between 25 and 34, which I'm just, that is the fearful generation. People aged Seems 25 like to it. 34 have a home security system. And this made me curious, looking at the cameras up there behind you mm-hmm. and the cameras that I have at my house, you know, how, how common those are. It actually specifies that. Now, obviously, those aren't home security systems. Nope, that's just video surveillance. But they, they do exist, and I can't find it now because it's written so badly. But they did, spe- they did break down, you know, people who have uh, camera systems in their house. But it, it, it didn't even get the numbers. Never mind. So, I, I mean, see 37%, yeah. but this isn't for people 25 to whatever. This is the whole range of respondents. 63% have home security systems. Uh, so that's, again, all the, the, the range, not yeah. one demographic. And like three uh, of my cameras are pointed at the highway for my own amusement when, when wrecks happen. Cause they happen a lot there. They, yeah. And this way I get to see them and, you know, I can be helpful to people. Like, hey, yeah, that guy was following you too closely. Mm. Here's a copy of the video or whatever. You can put some online, get some viral video, too, if they're really crazy. It, the reason I got it was because people were stealing my signs two years right. ago when I ran for sheriff or whatever. So, I mean, I had a legitimate reason then, and now it's right. just sort of carried over since. Yeah, we had the reason we did it here was because we were being targeted by haters in the area who were constantly stealing the peace flag out front. Yeah, that's not living in fear. That's There is an identified problem, and you're yeah. taking solutions to address it. So that's, I mean, it figures that it's going to talk to people about the, the poll is going to ask people about, you know, what are their safety measures in their homes? Because the company that hired one poll is a home security system company. So they obviously sure. want to sell more home security systems. They, uh, you know, they would like to capitalize essentially on on fear. And then they get into top places Americans feel unsafe. You already went through, I think, most of these uh, public transportation, 28 percent. Big cities, just being in the city, 28% of them say they feel unsafe. See, I sort of get public transportation. I would I would generally feel safe under the care of any governmental organization, including the subway or the city bus or whatever. It's a government employee. It's maintained by the government. The government funded it. They paid for it. They built it. To me, that's it's going to be lower quality than anything I could find out there in the free market. It, it, Wait, did you say you would feel safe? On less government? safe. Less so, safe. Less okay. safe. I, I may have said safe, but I meant less safe. Okay. I mean, if you give me the option between like a privately owned Greyhound and, you know, a city subway bus or a yeah. city bus or whatever, I'm going to assume they cut corners designing the city bus. Then they charged four times the amount. It came in over budget. It took yeah. too long. And it was You're much more likely to get, you know, somebody stealing your wallet on a subway. Or touching you inappropriately, or possibly or stabbing you. Or like Sarah you. said, smoking cigarettes or whatever, because you know the the, fee, the fares are so low that the homeless people just congregate on them or whatever. As compared to, say, taking an Uber somewhere, where the driver is much less likely to stab you or steal your wallet or whatever, right? Because they have a rating, they've been there for a while, they've got a you know they're a known quantity essentially. The the fear of, of being on an Uber is. Just completely irrational here. And I'm not a fan of Uber. I just want to make it sound like I'm like a stockholder or something. See, I like Uber and I, I, I wish like I could find company. out how many times I've used them because it's probably between dozens and hundreds of times. Between them Are they still mandating masks? I don't know. Because I mean, they sucked before that, and that really sucked. What I learned during that. COVID, I think I was somewhere with you when we learned this, is that if you put, you know, hey, we'll tip you extra if you don't require us to wear a mask <laughs> or whatever, then you you can get around Depend that. The rules. I mean, money talks, yeah, right? Yeah. 
So I, I, I don't know. I started doing that and then I stopped really paying attention. And then COVID went away anyway. But COVID aside, I've taken dozens to hundreds of Ubers and I have never once been assaulted or robbed or anything by any of no. my Uber drivers or my DoorDash drivers or whatever. None of it. It's yeah. never happened. Completely unfounded fear. You're living in psychosis. If you're scared of your Uber driver, you're insane. Uh, so that's ba- I think that's basically the poll here. I-, I wish they would have gotten into more about you know what specifically people are afraid of, but it seems like it maybe was just focused on city oriented stuff. I don't think they asked about terrorism. I don't think they asked about you know bigger topics. I think they just simply looked at the the fear of traveling in a city and living in a city. Those sorts of fears. I suspect that if we focus. did include those sorts of questions, though, it would get so much worse, yeah. right? They're, they're in fear. They, they don't want to stay in their homes because they're scared they're going to get robbed with a home invasion or whatever, but they don't want to go outside because they might catch COVID out there. Yeah. Uh, somebody in our uh, YouTube chat called NH Guy, presumably he lives in New Hampshire as we do, he says, happened to me last year, talking about a home invasion. Wow. Uh, guy was wasted. And I says, well, was he trying to harm you or steal stuff or just too drunk to know which house he was in? That happened to you, didn't it? Yes, it it happened. That's (laughs) why I said in the chat here. It said that, well, we had the latter happen once. A dude just let himself into the studio (laughs) in the middle of the night. Uh, The door was unlocked at the time. Clearly. And uh, he just waltzed in here, S-face drunk. At the time, I was a regular wine drinker, so I had a box of wine out in the, uh, the kitchen. He... You know, was looking around, I guess, and found himself some of the wine. Just the, in some random house, man. Yeah, just well, I think he knew that it was like the Free Stater house. I think he okay. was conscious of that to some extent, but he wasn't being, he wasn't intending to do us harm. He was right. just drunk and wanted to come in and hang out at the Free Stater house, I guess. And so he, and he found some wine he while he was at it. Grabbed the wine uh, box, brought it into the studio. I found himself a glass, I presume. He didn't do very well. I don't remember if cleaning up the glass, but he didn't do very well with the wine. It ended up some of it was on the floor and he, you know, he was really wasted obviously. So sure. some of the wine got spilled. Uh, he apparently watched some YouTube videos or whatever, because you know, I looked at the browser history after uh, <laughs> discovering this, him. I love this story. This dude just wanders in, helps yeah. himself to some wine, sits down at your computer and starts watching YouTube, man. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That is the most keen libertarian thing I've ever heard. Yeah, and then I get up, you know, whenever I got up, I didn't discover him in the middle of the night. I just happened to wake up for whatever reason. I think maybe I heard something or maybe I just had to get up and pee or whatever, right? But I come out my door and uh, something seemed weird i don't know what it was that got my attention downstairs and then i saw this guy just kind of waltz out of the the studio and i said you know i said hey man can i help you with something (laughs) or something like that like i wasn't hostile or anything that is i i can I, I wasn't here for yeah. that, but I can 100% imagine just be as nice as possible, just right. friendly. Here's some stranger in your house at 4 o'clock in the morning. Hey, man, can I give you a hand with something? Yeah. And just being completely genuine about it. Yeah. And, I love it. And he was sorry, and you know, and we had a conversation, and ever since then, I see him around town from time to time. Unfortunately, he doesn't seem to have had the best life. Oh. Uh, he's been picked picked up by the cops for whatever you know petty crimes and that that kind of thing just being a loser essentially uh, but he didn't do anything on purpose to uh, to harm us and just like whatever yeah <laughs> just well it sounds like mess. he didn't really harm you he just, yeah, just you know, made, made a mess yeah i mean could have been a lot worse right 
So, like, that's that's the home invasion of New Hampshire, right? Some guy's just too drunk. He doesn't know where he's at, and he just wants to go sit down. You know, that's what that's the worst case in this case. I'm sure there's bad things that happen in New Hampshire. I mean, every now and then somebody gets killed, but it's pretty rare. And most of the time, it's the cops killing people around it, here. The only, like, killing people that I've heard of in New Hampshire was, I, I think there was a homeless guy here in Keene who died in an accident. I think he fell into a river or something like that. Well, there was, the, there was the girl that cut that guy's head off. That was the other one I was going to, in a lover spat yeah. sort of love triangle sort of thing. I don't remember the specifics now, but yeah, That's that one was one. grisly. That's a crazy story. And, uh, you know, people do stupid things when they're in love and when they're jealous and just let it go. And, uh, just let it go. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever but, it is. You know, a lot of these people, they don't learn how to temper their emotions when they enter into mm. these relationships, and they, they confuse passion with love and all yeah. these sorts of things. So they think if they're not yelling at you, they don't, they don't you. really love you. Yeah, that's nuts. Because they watch that, that's what they watched on television growing up with Everybody Loves Raymond and all of these other sitcoms where that's what heterosexual relationships were, was just hating the other person passive-aggressively. Coming up, we got uh, some news about the economy. Uh, you and I both had a similar story here, Aria, about people... Having difficulty just getting the bills paid at this point, the number of Americans that are having that trouble is on the increase. And we'll talk about the economic circumstances, which are not getting better uh, for folks here and also elsewhere in the world. You can join us. Hour two's on the way. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, phones are open, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Aria. We started out talking about the fears that people in the United States have, especially those in the 25 to 34-year-old age bracket. Just absolutely irrational level. I don't know what happened to those people. I mean, I, I can't imagine how a person becomes that terrified just constantly. Well, I think you you touched on it earlier. It's the helicopter parenting combined with the the sort of fear-based inculcation that's going on at government schools where there's just they're constantly being hit with what they need to be afraid of. And it, mm. and they touched on this um point in the movie V for Vendetta, right? Like they need to remember why they need us. That was what uh, Creedy, I think was his name, or whatever the hell his name was. The, the, I don't remember the Creedy. context of that quote. Creedy was the uh, security agent, whoever the hell the big boss guy was in that particular movie, the big politician character, the Hitler-looking guy. Uh, you know, They need to remember why they need us. and that's to, They need to be put in a state of fear, and then we need to be the ones, we being the government, which we aren't, but you know, in the, in the context. Right. Uh, the government needs to be the ones to provide them the solution. And so I before we get into the stories that I've got a few of them about the economy uh, and how bad things are, here's what the government gangs are doing. And this is a clip that I saw on Twitter. The Real Daily Wire posts this. At is Real this the New Wire. Zealand, that, yep. that crazy lady? Yep, that's her. The prime minister. She's not just any old crazy lady. She's the top crazy lady. Yeah, she's the top <laughs> of the government food chain over there. And now they don't give us any like details where is she when was this it doesn't matter there's no context to what she's about to say that could possibly justify it or or 
put it into a, a light where it doesn't sound that bad. It seems obvious that it was within the last two years, if not re- more recent than that, because I would think that if this happened in 2020 or 2021, we would have caught wind of it. And we would have we would have played this because we played other clips. From yeah, this but one. there was so much craziness out of true. New Zealand and That's Australia true. around that time that something like this just may have gotten lost in all of it's it. It's possible. But now we have it, and it's just over a minute in length. And this gives you sort of the other side of well, we know they're trying to make people fear, but they also want to present themselves as the solution. They want to present themselves the government gangs as the answer that which people can look to to feel safe. And look to for the truth. The most up-to-date information daily. You can trust us as a source of that information. No. (laughs) No, you can't. You cannot trust a government person in any circumstance whatsoever. Everything the state says is a lie. They lie constantly. Uh, You can also trust the Director General of Health and the Ministry of Health. The Ministry of Health. They're going to. Mini true. They love using that ministry of term. For that information, do feel free to visit at any time to clarify any rumor you may hear, covid19.govt.nz. Otherwise, dismiss anything else. We will continue to be your single source of truth. We, we will continue to be your single source of truth. Dismiss anything else you hear. This woman actually said those words within the last 26 seconds. I know, and they didn't tar and feather her, which I want to remind everyone does not necessarily cause any harm whatsoever. (laughs) It's just humiliating. Yes, but it doesn't have to be hot tar. It can be like pine tar, which, you know, can just be very sticky. So I'm not saying they should have harmed this woman, Mm. but they should have embarrassed her to the extent that she never said anything this evil again. That's the thing. She's talking to a population of people that are probably just as anxious and just as fear-oriented as the people in the United States. All these Western states or whatever have been inculcating people with fear constantly for generations. And so it builds on itself. We go on. We'll provide information frequently. We will share everything we can, uh, everything you are, else you see, um, a grain of salt. Uh, and so I really ask people to focus. The most egregious example of that appears to be this text which originated in Malaysia and has kind of a, has become a viral hoax in Australia and in New Zealand. How irresponsible is it that people that are sharing that news of a lockdown imminent in New Zealand? Yeah. And, and look, that's the kind of thing that adds um, to the anxiety that people feel. Anxiety. Weird. I don't know why they'd be have anxiety over COVID nineteen and fear and you know the the lockdowns and that's completely unfounded. There's no history of COVID nineteen lockdowns or pandemic uncertainty or any of that nonsense, right? Well, I think she's referring to anxiety about COVID nineteen, which of course they want people to be afraid of COVID nineteen, right? Because then they can say evil things like this, and people go, "Oh, well, yeah. thank God they're telling us the truth." And they want people to ignore their own eyes. They want you to ignore your own experience. All all the COVID nineteen fear, for the most part, was all on the media. It was all being presented to people. It wasn't so much in their real lives. People were not dropping dead in the streets. People weren't even dying in our lives, at least very often. Now, there have been some people in the last two years that we know of who ostensibly died, quote unquote, due to COVID. One yeah, but I mean, we could have said that whether or not COVID-19 happened. I mean, over well, a two-year period, it's extremely likely that some of us know some people who died. That's the thing. I was going to say ostensibly. And that's what I said. Ah. Ostensibly to COVID-19. There was a nice gentleman here in New Hampshire. He's a free stater. 
Uh, his name was Ken. He ran a great little restaurant, little barbecue place. They took gold backs. They took, uh, you know, a cryptocurrency. And Ken was very obese. And he was in his mid-60s. And he died uh, a few months ago. It was, I think, earlier this year. And he was in the hospital prior to that. He allegedly had, had COVID. But was it because of COVID that he died? Or did he just die of, you know, heart condition that he had and have yeah. COVID when he died? And then, of course, they chalk it up to COVID. Right. So it's really hard to know for sure. Another, Certainly. Another guy, uh, Gene, the Christian anarchist, who is a longtime listener of the show, he died a year ago or whatever it was. I mean, and from what we understood, he was reasonably healthy, but he was also... 74 yeah or 73 or something so he was at the he was at the age at which men tend to die so uh, there's just so much fear out there anyway this is the rest of what uh, jacinda ardern the prime minister of new zealand has to say so i continue to share the message new zealanders must prepare but do not panic prepare and and when you see those messages remember that unless you hear it from us um it is not the truth and i really ask people just visit um, uh, covid19.govt.nz. It has all of the up-to-date information. Blah, blah, blah. Unless you hear it from us, it everyone. is not the truth. It's so bizarre to me to have a government employee standing there and like, everyone else is lying to you, but yes. we're telling you the truth. I saw something today that, or within the past few days, that was really relevant, pertinent to this entire conversation. Was something, imagine being so crazy that you think the people telling you to go outside and exercise and to socialize with your friends and family and to eat healthy, eat organic and all these other things. Imagine being so crazy that you think they're the conspiracy theorists. Mm -hmm. They're the ones who are lying to you and trying to get you to do unhealthy things by telling you to exercise and, you know, socialize with other human beings. Eat, eat well, stop eating McDonald's, stop eating this overly processed cat food or whatever. And and we're crazy because we're yeah. encouraging people to go outside and you know, maybe get some exercise, maybe yeah. go for a jog or something. See somebody smile for once, you know. It's absolutely insane. It's why yeah, I, are I smells made... infectious or something like that? They should be. I, I was under the impression they were. I, maybe Yawns maybe I'm wrong. Are. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if smiles. I mean, if you're around more people smiling, you're probably going to feel better. That, that's what I would tend to, to smile. Think, yeah. So I think so. Uh, and that's what they stole from us. One of the things they stole from us is the ability to actually see another human face and see a kind human face and this monumentally screwed up kids i mean was all of this worth it we're only beginning to find out how bad this has harmed children i got a friend who works in the i think the public school system here in cheshire county at least i don't know exactly Mm -hmm. what school but she she is constantly talking about how these 17 and the 18 year olds that they they have this mindset that their best years were stolen from them. And to me, that's kind of sad. If you're looking at your high school, high like school those sucks. were the best years of my life. I mean, <laughs> you, you got to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, that's how they feel. They're like, you know, our best years were just stolen from us. Mm. And that's going to be with them for the rest of their lives. And the people well, who are even younger are going to. they can change that belief to... if they want to. Sure. And I think your point is that they should change that belief because high school years are some of the dumbest years. Absolutely. Uh, but there was still up. time stolen from them that's that true. they're never going to get back. Yeah. And they were forced to live under conditions that they didn't consent to. Uh, the number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. But then again, that's true for all of us. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. You just make the best of it. It's free talk live. It's free talk live. The phones are open here, and you can join us. Talking about everything from the irrational fear that apparently, according to one study, 
most Americans are living with on a daily basis. Oh, I didn't want to think about it in the context of most, but it is most 52%, Americans. 52%, according to this uh, study here with 2,000 people surveys, so decent sample size. Uh, you want to comment on that? You're still welcome to join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. We're also getting into some economic-related news because uh, things are bad out there as far as inflation is concerned. And of course, inflation is eating away at people's standard of living. It's harder to make ends meet uh, for families across the United States. Of course, it's not just the United States that is dealing with a constantly inflating money supply. Every central bank all around the world due to covid yeah went crazy with money printing and so but you know this is this is only going to make people more fearful as we're watching in big cities like new york city and san francisco and right now the the more poor people become the more desperate they become the more right. likely they are to rob a place or to break into someone's home yeah it's still something and we're talking about the uh, the desperate people just going in and robbing straight out of cvs stores and other retailers yesterday so again all that's on the table you can discuss that if you want uh 603-283-6160 something we really didn't get into in the last couple weeks is the uh the official numbers for inflation i touched on it briefly earlier 9.1 percent by the way was the number for june and getting close to that 10 percent mark that's a and that's going to be a big uh, number to cross now i think that having looked at the the statistics from the past several decades 10% still isn't going to be a record high. They have had higher inflation numbers in the past, but they've also changed over time how they've calculated these numbers. And I believe one of those changes was made in the 1980s when they recalculated the CPI to be lower than it, than, you know, it would have been previously. And so there's some company or some website that has, I think they call it like a shadow inflation number or something. I'll have to look and see if Would I Would that be like the real inflation? That. Because I imagine yeah. that the actual increase in prices, and again, inflation isn't the increase in prices, but that's how they define it. So that's what they mean here, is considerably higher than 10% over last year. I yeah. imagine if you buy a gallon of milk or a loaf of bread or whatever today, you're paying more than 9.1%, that, which is the number they give. In reality. Yeah, I think the company is called Shadow Stats. Uh, John Williams Shadow Government Statistics. And this compares the official CPI with the SGS, which is their, I believe, their version here. The CPI chart reflects our estimate of inflation for today. If it were calculated the same way it was calculated in 1990. So they're not even using the real numbers. They're using the government's old methodology of calculating. I suspect then on that rate, it's going to be like 22%. That's my guess. The CPI on the alternate data series tab reflects CPI if it were calculated using the methodologies in place in 1980. So apparently it's changed more than once in the last 40 years. And uh, in general terms... This is what, you know, accountants call fudging the numbers and it's generally frowned upon for you to just oh well you know we're not changing the values in these columns we're just changing the way that we're calculating the values that that's deceitful Mm -hmm. it's dishonest it's a way of hiding the truth from people so according to this it looks as though they're saying that and it's not showing us a detailed chart as far as month to month in 2022, but the num- the numbers are going up on both numbers, obviously, the government number and this shadow stats number. And according to the 1980-based number, the current 
rate of inflation as of June 2022 is over 15%. It looks like it's about 17, maybe 17.5% compared to the government number, which is 9.1%. So not quite double. But, but close. really close to it. But yeah. close. That, I mean, that sounds like the yeah. government. You know, they, they learn how to make inflation. seems like it was cut in half. Yeah. And uh, and if you look at all the headlines, if you look at what they're how saying. How do they get away with that nonsense, man? The Those media are... just doesn't question. The, most of the media just does what they're told. They just parrot the government press releases. And that's it. Although, to be fair to some of the media, there have been those clips of that new press agent for the White House. Have you seen her, the black lady that they hired? No. They used to have the redhead lady, and then they got rid of her, and they put this black lady in charge. And she's even she's even worse than the redhead. I mean, obviously, their jobs is always to cover for the state and to to distract and to, to change the topic. And And she is just, she doesn't even come close to answering a question. Really? They'll ask her a question about inflation, and she'll just go off on something else and just completely try to distract from what the original... She doesn't even attempt to I give assume them an they answer. fired the other lady and hired her specifically for that reason? I, I don't know. Like, they've, you're they've, getting too close to telling the truth, lady. They're changing out the deck chairs constantly in these uh, these administrations. But what you know, it's interesting because what happens in the mainstream uh, press reports, what they'll, what they'll say is... Inflation at a 42-year record high, or 40-year record high, because they go back to like 1980, 82, in that range, there was also some pretty serious inflation apparently going on uh, at that time, um, and that's right around the time when they changed these numbers, or 1990, right? They, they changed between the 80s and the 90s how they did this. Right. And so the number that we have today is not equivalent to what they were, how they were calculating it in the 1980s, but yet still... The number that we have today is starting to, you know, the official number, the 9.1% now is still as high as it was in like 1982 when the reality is it may be even higher or... It, it yeah. saddens me that people are following. This is fundamentally no different from Venezuela knocking off three zeros from their currency. It's, it's ex- not as desperate. It's, it's not, but it's it's every bit as deceitful, and it's done for exactly the same reasons to hide how mm-hmm. badly they screwed up the money supply. And just as in Venezuela, no one's questioning it. Everyone's just going with it, and assuming everything is fine. The media is not questioning it. They're not doing their job, and no one's sitting around going, "You know, wait, wait a minute." This used to be a $10,000 note when now it's a, it's a $10 note. Yeah. It's exactly the same thing going on here in the United States where, oh, this $100 bill doesn't buy as much as it did 20 years ago. They haven't gotten to the point of reissuing new currency or redenominations. It's inevitable, or, though. Or, or anything. It will be a real sad day for the United States uh, when and uh, and if it comes to that. They may have some other tricks up their sleeve to try to you know deal with these things. But I mean, this is the, this is the trick up their sleeve right now is that they just change the way they're calculating right. how screwed up you are as a result of their direct actions. I'll see if I can find the uh, the chart of the numbers from back in the 80s because I, I feel like I remember it went over 20%, which would mean that 17% isn't quite uh, to that level yet. But boy, is it close. And they're not going to slow down the money printing, I don't think. So, I mean, they don't think they have any plans to do that. No, and prices so, don't go away. So this 17% or whatever, it's on top of it's here that to 20% stay. from the 80s or whatever. Yeah, it's here to stay for sure. Somebody just put in a, an image on social media that I saw of a lady gassing, uh, gassing her car up in the 1970s. I think it was like 1974, and it was 48 cents a gallon. 
that's higher than I would have expected, honestly. Yeah, well, they were still <laughs> inflating back then, I guess. But still, now it's 10 times more today than what it was back then. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. If you want to talk about the economy, you're welcome to join us here. Again, it's uh, 9.1% according to the official numbers at the Consumer Price Index. But there's also what they call the Wholesale Price Index. And those numbers are in the double digits. In fact, we'll talk about what it's, how it's uh, affecting a lot of these companies that are making the products that you're buying. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Phones are open here, and you can join us. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, you've got Ian. And Aria. And we've been talking about inflation. The official number, CPI, 9.1% up, by the way. So it's been, there was that one month, I think it was April, where it like dipped from 85 to 8.3%, but then it went back up to like 86 or something, I think, in... Uh, May and now, according to this, the June numbers are now 9.1%. This is the official government number, which has been manipulated over the years. According to Shadow Government, ShadowStats.com, they say that it changed. The government changed how they calculated things in 1990, and so they look at the old 1980s calculation. They take the same statistics or whatever that the government's using for calculating these things, and they say, "Oh, well, here's how y'all did it." 40 years ago in 1980, and if you did it the same way you did it in 1980... I mean, that seems like the most reliable way of actually fairly calculating it. That would be comparing apples to apples. Yes. Which is what is not happening now. When the mainstream media reports on the CPI at 9.1%, they say, it's as high as it was in 1982. No, 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 no. No, no, no. It's actually higher, apparently, than it was in 1982 because you're not comparing apples to or, or apples to apples. If you compare apples to apples, if you look at the current inflation under the, the old calculation numbers, according to shadowstats.com, it is currently over 15%. It is at around 17%, it looks like here on this chart. And so I did pull up the historic inflation rate. So looking at the government's own numbers... Uh, according to tradingeconomics.com. So they go back all the way to like 1914. Wow. With these numbers. All the way back to the foundation of the Fed, essentially. Yes. And according to the government's own numbers, the peak in 1980. So remember, they're saying it's right now the, the headlines are, it's at a 40-year record high because it's higher now than the the official numbers were in right, 1982. Right, the higher it gets, the longer that time frame is going Correct. to get as well. Correct. And so what was the record high in the 1980s and when it was peaking there? It was apparently in 1980. And I'm only looking at a chart that shows all, I don't know, 80 years or whatever it's been or 100. Sadly, it, it also years. won't show the cause. You know, what happened in 1980? It's money printing. In the, what well, else could yes. it be? Okay, fair. But uh, I mean, what cause, what did the government use as the just, justification for that money printing? Good question. If uh, I'm sure some of our listeners that are older than we are could give us that answer. It was Vietnam. Duh. In 1980? No, that was over. That, that would have been, I uh, know. Well, was it Vietnam in the 70s, though? Uh huh. Yeah. Vietnam well, was the late 60s and the early 70s. The results of paying 70s. for that would have hit, I, I would imagine, around the could 1980s. Could be, but there's another spike, it looks like, on the chart earlier. 
Okay. Uh, than than the eighties. So anyway, it was nineteen eighty, and it looks like it topped out at about fifteen percent. So according to the stat, shadow stats calculations, the current number is seventeen percent or higher, maybe seventeen and a half. It's hard to get a, a real clue from the chart that they're showing here. So that would mean that it's actually higher than it was in 1980, higher than it was in 1970, higher than it was in 1960. Uh, and so you have to go all the way back to the other spikes. So the only other spike of inflation on this chart that's higher than 1980 would have been, it looks like, just before 1950. I'm not sure exactly what year because it's not one of those interactive charts where you can right. like hover over it and see exactly where it is. And it went up to about 20%. But that's what we'd expect post-World War II. That, in that yes. era. Yeah. So went up to about 20% on the chart. And we're at 17-something percent today, according to the Shadow Stats number. And that's the number that the government has always used until the 90s when they're like, you know, this inflation thing is it's looking really bad. Let's change the equation so that we can lie to people about how bad it really is and they won't have to know. Unless they changed it in the 1980s as well or like the 70s. Who knows? I mean, they might have changed it more than once. We don't I wouldn't know put it past them. I mean, there's yeah. somehow that the the USD has lost something like 96, 97 percent of its purchasing power. And inflation yeah. since then isn't, you know, 1900 percent or whatever it would come, come out to be at that rate. So they're doing something with the numbers to hide all of that. If you want to jump into the conversation, because, again, these are just the official government numbers. And we know that probably the one, whatever they were doing in 1980 was probably still manipulating the numbers and massaging them. No, they uh, weren't telling the truth. Right. So what you should consider the government number is the absolute bare, bare minimum. It's not the truth. The truth is somewhere higher (laughs) than that. But it's the amount they are willing to admit to. And so now we know what that is. Now the official, and then uh, on top of that, they're lying about what inflation even is. So they're just—that's right. They're not lying just to lying about how bad it is. Yep. They're lying about what it is. They're—they're they're saying that it's the increase in prices, and of course that's not true. No. The inflation causes—it's one of the causes of the increase in prices. Correct. The actual Correct. inflation is just them printing money out of the blue. It's them counterfeiting the money that you're using in your life. Wholesale prices. So they have the two different numbers. There's the CPI, that's the consumer price index, and then there's also the wholesale or the producer price, the PPI. Uh, That is up to 11.3% in June. So, of course, anybody knows, like, if the wholesalers are paying more for the products, eventually... Those prices are going to go up at the you know the grocery counter or the department store checkout or wherever it is that you're going. So or the portions are going to get even smaller. Yeah, it's going to be but, hard. They're yeah, really <laughs> they're really slimmed down uh, as it is. But so again, all these numbers just keep going up. So how do companies deal with it? Well, we know they do shrinkflation, or that's kind of the the term for it, where they shrink the the quantities. And they but shrink- they can't get away with that anymore unless they take the no. toilet paper approach, where they they give you you know now it's six boxes of cereal for the price of, for the that used to be five boxes, but in reality it's the equivalent of four boxes or toilet paper math is what I'm calling yeah. it these days. Well, don't forget they also can make the squares smaller. On yeah. the toilet paper, they can oh. do fewer numbers. Didn't of, Kleenex do that or something like that? I'm sure, they've all done it. I seem to recall we covered it where, like Kleenex, they took a half an inch off of East One, and it, you know it, mm-hmm. it, you know, no one noticed, yeah. but it it's increased the amount of you know Kleenex that they had to sell or whatever. Yeah, and uh, and of course they keep the price the same. So these are all ways that they they're dealing with it. But after you've slimmed down the Gatorade bottle so far that uh, people are starting to notice it. 
you're going to have to raise the price because government isn't going to keep, you know, like we said, they're not going to slow down the inflation. So at some point, you cannot slim it down any further and you have to start raising prices. So what's happening? They're starting to raise prices. According to uh, DNYUZ, which is a website we learned actually copies stories. So apparently it was from originally in the New York Times. Yeah, but they don't monetize it in any sort of way. They don't have a social media no, page that they're trying to direct people to. It's, they just they, want the information out. Yeah. And that, good on them for that. Yep. So New York times a day after walmart warned investors that its profit would shrink as rising prices forced shoppers to make fewer purchases at its stores unilever the consumer goods giant whose products line retailer shelves reinforced that message see that's scary because i've never heard i think i've heard of unilever but i can't think of any specific product that they make there's a good chance it's uh, one of your shampoos they right. do a lot of that kind of stuff, but they also do food products as well. they got a U logo, which looks like it's filled with germs. It's a really weird-looking logo. I mean, I don't uh, doubt that at all. That That's sort of my point, how terrifying that is. This yeah, company that huge. you know I've never even heard of makes half of the stuff probably on Walmart store shelves. On Tuesday, the maker of Dove Soap, Ben & Jerry's Ice Cream, and Hellman's Mayonnaise said it raised prices until they were 11% higher than in the same quarter last year offsetting a 2% decline in the volume of things that consumers bought. It was the fourth consecutive quarter in which prices outpaced volume growth at the company. Unilever raised its forecast for revenue this year, but said its profit would likely be at the bottom of its expected range. They said their costs, driven by an increase in the prices of plastics, palm oil, aluminum, and other commodities, would rise by 4.6 billion euros this year, more than three times its costs last year. That's the most important takeaway here. This company, who is only raising prices 11%, is saying their costs are now three times what they were last year. Pretty significant. And what's the cause of that? Yeah, what is that going to mean? Well, for a variety of things, right? So there's inflation, but then there's supply chain issues and, you know, difficulty getting uh, products from one country or another. uh, Like Ukraine or Russia, Or China, where just sometimes, like Shanghai, we're going to shut the whole city down for three months. Good luck getting a shipment out of there. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. It's pretty uh, pretty crazy stuff going on out there, and you can share your experiences here with us on Free Talk Live. Yeah! It's Free Talk Live, and the phones are open here. You can join us. Number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about inflation. We looked at the numbers and compared the official numbers of today with what the official numbers would have been if they used the calculations that they used in the 1980s. It's Ian and Aria in the studio tonight. You can join us uh, and bring up whatever you want. In fact, we asked aloud why, because you and I, you know, we're on the younger side. I'm in my early 40s. You're in somewhere in the 30s range, Aria, as I understand it. Yeah. Um, that, uh, you know, we weren't really, I was barely breathing, you know, when the uh, the 1980 inflation spike happened, where it went up as high as apparently 15%, according to previous charts. There was charts. a gas shortage then as well, right? That was in the late 70s, if I recall correctly. But okay. luckily, we have Rick on the line. Oh, good. Uh, calling from Tennessee. He was around during those times. And Rick, you uh, wanted to share what you believe the causes were from your experience. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I will. Be glad to do that. Uh, and to be fair about it, yes, oil prices were out of sight. Mm-hmm. There was also another side issue. There was a, a big uh, issue in Russia with the wheat. There wasn't much of a harvest, nor there was a big supply shortage there. But, guys, the biggest thing that caused that Hopi, ASCO, I can sum it up in two words. His name was Jimmy Carter. He was not as bad as President Biden, but he was pretty damn close. He was one of the worst. He's the worst president in my lifetime until Joe Biden. Wow. Uh, he wanted he wanted to ration gas. He wanted to step in and do what what liberals always want to do. They want to throw money at the problem. Social spending, Jimmy Carter. That's exactly what caused it in the nineteen seventies. And a lot of people just about lost everything they had. Well, if you I actually have it. money, throwing money at a problem is, I mean, generally a good way of making those problems go away. It's at least a way of making problems go away. The issue with the government is that they don't have any money. They have to counterfeit the money that's out there in order to, you know, pay for these things, and that just makes everyone poorer. Well, what was the reason? I mean, obviously we can say bad president. But what were the excuses that were being used at the time for the money printing? Like, you know, during COVID, it was COVID uh, war, right? So uh, during, you know, the previous Bush and and uh, Clinton and uh, and Obama, it's ongoing war in the Middle East. Uh, so what was the excuse during Jimmy Carter? Oh, did we lose him? That sounds that way because, I mean, there was a lot of background yeah, like, we had him sound like he was on the on the road what well, i'm getting here is that it was i mean i'm curious now so what caused the you know the early 1980s recession mm-hmm. and all of that sort of stuff it, it's gonna take me a minute to actually find the all answer right. through the through all the the fluff that this article throws out but we'll see what you can dig up it's the same sort of question that we had with the the great depression what caused the great depression where did all the money go suddenly everyone is poor that what what the hell happened and we see the same thing in the 1980s and we see the same thing today you know what caused all of these things and there's no one thing you can point to and say ah see that was what caused it well what causes inflation is printing money and so we know right. what causes inflation the question is what was their excuse what were, they, what were they telling people of, oh, well, here's why we need another, I mean, it wasn't trillions of dollars back then. They didn't print near as much back in those days. But, you know, for the however many hundreds of billions or tens of billions or whatever it was that they were printing up. It was an increase in the unemployment rate from 7% to about 10.8%. So, I mean, roughly 50% more than it was. Mm-hmm. And it was the oil crisis. And that's what they keep citing as the biggest driver of inflation mm-hmm. back then was the oil crisis. And I can imagine, you know, there was an oil thing going on. And so the government was like, well, we're going to print a bunch of money to solve this problem. And that was what actually caused, you know, the inflation. Hmm. But they're, they're blaming the oil crisis that happened back then. And that, that seems to be the answer that they're going with. All right. If you want to weigh in, you can join us here. The number 603-283-6160. We were talking about the official numbers. They're out 9.1% CPI for June, 11.3%. And so now what is happening, what is going to happen, I think it's expected this week, Aria, the Federal Reserve is going to respond, and they're going to do likely the same thing they did last month, which was raise what they call the uh, the basis points. And this starts to get into the world of finance that I get a little you know confused. I'm not a, <laughs> Where a financial expert. I just expert. sort of glaze over. And we... As I understand it, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong on this, my understanding is the more the Federal Reserve raises these interest rates, so they have a certain interest rate that they charge, and I believe it's the banks that have to pay that rate. So right. the more they raise that rate, 
the more the banks are going to raise their rates. Right. And so therefore... Because the bank is borrowing it from the Fed at, you know, 0.5% or whatever, yeah. but they have to make that back from you. Correct. So they have to charge you 0.7% or 1% or whatever. Exactly. Uh, and so now it's it's much more than 1%. Well, now. that's if you have excellent, you know, 850 yeah. credit score. Not you, even. What, the, yeah. the, the, the mortgage prices are going up quite a bit. It's going to slow down the what you know this crazy housing market. You remember last year, people could put a house on the market and it's gone in five days. Right? I've noticed that, and people were bidding on on houses or bid, bidding wars. Prices were going up above yep. what the the asking prices were. You're going to start to see that change because well, mortgages are getting more expensive now. It's already changing, isn't yes. it? Yeah, it's already changing because the feds have already raised rates. I think twice this year, and they've raised them at like. Not, I don't know if it's record forever kind of records rates, but record uh, raises, but very large raises, as I understand it, like 0.75 basis points, I believe, is what they did last time. And they're talk- they're talking apparently about doing another 0.75 this month. So that hasn't gotten official yet. We don't know. You know, maybe it'll be half a point or whatever, but maybe it'll be a whole point. Who knows? What a lot of people don't realize is that this is not going to. It's not going to undo inflation. And inflation is no. like a balloon, right? That This number that we're talking about, that's how fast they're pumping air into that balloon. Just because they slow that number down doesn't mean they're letting any of that air out. The balloon's still getting bigger. It's just getting bigger at a slightly smaller rate. But they lie to people on this issue. And they say, like all the media talk about the Federal Reserve and changing these interest rates or raising these rates is the Federal Reserve is ready to fight inflation by raising interest rates. And They're one like, of the primary causes of inflation. Yes, they are the primary cause. Oh, I don't know. With, with the reduction of the fractional reserve to 0%, I think a lot of the average bankers, banks out there are probably causing a, quite a bit of inflation themselves I these see what days. you mean when the banks are issuing loans, they're creating it out of thin air. Right, and now they no longer have to have any reserves. Okay, that is a factor. There's no doubt about that. Um, but anyway, so... But the government is still the U.S. government is still spending way more money than anyone else, and they are borrowing it, I think, from the Fed in return for Treasury notes, and it all gets very stupid and very confusing. Yeah. Okay, so maybe that's where the uh, maybe that's where the point is coming from when they claim that they're going to fight inflation. Maybe because rates are going up, banks aren't going to be making as many loans, and so therefore there won't be as much bank-created inflation mm. happening. But of course, the government's still going full bore. I oh mean, yeah. Still, like, oh, we need another trillion dollars for uh, Ukraine. Right. So, I mean, there's always some new explanation, some new excuse for ongoing money printing way beyond whatever they have uh, budgeted for. So that's that is what is not going to slow down regardless, because those interest rates do not affect, you know, what the government does, as I understand it. Those are only for private loans. Right. Uh, If I'm wrong about that, please give us a call. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. But there's already signs that the housing market is slowing down. Uh, we've we've heard from people who are in the real estate business who've said that there are more people that are bailing. So they were looking to buy a house, or they were under contract, or getting close to getting under a contract or whatever to buy a house, and then the rates went up. Like, okay, well, now I can't afford the mortgage, so mm. I'm not going to buy this house, and they back out of the deal, even sometimes losing money. Because you put a little bit of money up front. Yeah, but better to lose, you know, thirty thousand yeah. now instead of well, three hundred. Much. You know, yeah, but uh, instead you of a few thousand bucks or something like that. 
But I want to know what's going on with the used car market because mm. they're all up as well, like something the 50, 60, 70 percent. I've heard that the it's because, yeah, is? I've heard that it's because it's more difficult to get newer cars now because mm. of the, the supply shortages and all of the chip shortages that, yeah. and that nonsense. But still, well, plus people are if they're cutting back, if it's you know getting more expensive to live, you're if you were able to afford a new car, maybe you're not able to afford a new car now. Uh, that's also true. Maybe yeah. some people that were on the edge, people that were leasing previously, now they want to buy a car, but they can't afford a brand new car, so they go and they buy a used car. Well, there's almost no benefit to buying a brand new car in the it's first crazy. place. I mean, it's just a fashion symbol at yeah. that point. Uh, all right. So the number here, if you want to join us, it's 603-283-6160. You can uh, take control of the airwaves here. So we had just started a story up about big companies like Unilever, which is a major mega like corporate uh, food and bathroom product kind of manufacturer and we we're looking at uh, the story here about what are they doing how are they dealing with the uh, the situation that you know is presenting itself with the incredible inflation and apparently according to unilever their costs have risen 4.6 billion euros which is more than three times its cost last year I- they're, that's insane. It makes you wonder how they're getting away with only 11% increase in price. Yeah, so they're going to be passing higher prices on to shoppers, and we'll talk a little bit more about what that means. And you can share your experience if you want to jump in here at 603-283-6160. You can take control of the airwaves on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the third hour here. we got time for you. If you want to join us, bring up anything you want. Share your thoughts on the economy with inflation at what appear to be record highs for the last most of 100 years. Not quite. If you go by the shadow stats number that we were looking at earlier. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Aria. We're talking about what is happening as a result. Of course, of inflation is prices tend to go up. Because remember... Prices rising is a symptom of inflation, as you were pointing out earlier tonight, Aria. A lot of people yeah. in the media do not understand this. I, I don't think the media is personally lying about it. They are simply propagating misinformation that they believe to be true. Well, they don't is, know what they're talking about. It's not, no. I mean, like a year and a half-ish ago, we got raided and the union leader guy or WMUR, I don't remember, was some news crew was out mm-hmm. here and they referred to... Fiat currency as flat currencies. They have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, they don't know what fiat currency is. Of course, is currency created by fiat. That is to by say, decree. The, the decree of the king. That's where that term uh, came from. In this case, it's the decree of the federal government. Let's go to your phone calls, though, and we'll talk more about prices going up. Uh, but first, Bob is on the line in Tennessee, listening to WGOW. Yes, in sir. I remember. Yeah, I remember back in uh, the seventies when gas was being rationed in Florida, and it, you could only buy five gallons at a time. Otherwise, wow. you couldn't get gas. And if you had to go on a day that your tag didn't end on, then you, you had to stand in line with a five-gallon uh, can, and that's all the gas you could buy. Wow. Now, See, that's a bad later, idea. That that sort, of, that sort of thing, it always causes a shortage. Always. You've got to let these gas station owners increase prices. Right. To lower people's right. demand. Because a lot well, of those people probably thing. didn't really need five gallons. They just bought it because they could. they could. And because, you know, right. if I don't get it now, but you know, if it was $15 a gallon, yeah. that gas would have been there for someone to use to take their grandmother to the emergency room or whatever. Right. Well, the kind of the worst part about that Carter got uh, 
he got the responsibility for was I was living in Central Florida, and uh, the house there that was a brand-new house that was like an octagon house on five acres of property was only 52000 at that time, but the interest rate was 18%. Nobody could buy the house. Yep. Yeah, and I think last I heard, rates were at like 6%, and if the Fed increases the interest rates this month, they're going to go up, and I don't know how much high, I don't know what, you know, a raise in the basis points equals to a raise in, you know, the end consumer rates. I don't know how all that all shakes out. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, according to uh, the Wikipedia here, Bob, the 1973 oil crisis began in October when members of OPEC, the Organization of Arab Patrol Exporting Countries led by Saudi Arabia, proclaimed an oil embargo. It was targeted at nations that had supported Israel during the Yom Kippur War, which were Canada, Japan, the Netherlands, the UK, and the United States. So because the United States get got involved in other people's conflicts around the uh, world, people in the U.S. had to suffer because they couldn't get gasoline. Yeah, Instead it wasn't of just saying, a lot of fun either. I bet it wasn't. How long were some of those lines you waited in? It was uh, the some of them were about. There were blocks, and it and you had to. This was in Miami, Florida, so you had to stand in line with the cars in the line with the cars in burning hot sunshine yep. for hours to get five gallons of and gas. burning gas at the same time, right? Right. You said this and happened in nineteen seventy three. That's when it began. 73 and, or 73 or 74. And yet it took the United States more than 30 additional years for them to say, hey, we shouldn't let ourselves get in this position again where, you know, these OPEC nations can you know, just arbitrarily decide they're not going to sell us gas that we need anymore. We were walking right back into the same thing that Jimmy Carter walked into during that time frame. And that's why Carter got blamed for it. And that's why Biden's getting blamed for it now. Uh, I need to ask you a question about Bitcoin, if I can. Sure, go ahead, Bob. I was listening to a program the other night, and they said that this basketball player got his uh, salary paid in Bitcoin. And by the time he got through paying all the penalties and taxes and stuff like that, he got like $34,000. Have you heard anything like that? No, I haven't heard anything about that. So I've I, heard of several athletes uh, like Tom Brady. He's a huge Bitcoin advocate. I mean, his uh, t- social media profile still had the laser eyes that you know people did for Bitcoin hitting one hundred thousand dollars per. So I mean, he receives part of his salary in Bitcoin. There were a few other football players as well. I don't know about basketball players, but what you're referring to sounds like a sort of capital gains tax, where they flip it back into USD and they have to pay based on you know. some amount of percentage that they earned off of or whatever, but that only applies if they sell the Bitcoin for USD. And it sounds like this particular athlete may have done that. Yeah, I don't know how it happened. See, I don't understand all this stuff. I just try to figure out how in the world could something like that happen to somebody. Well, let me recommend uh, go to Bitcoin.com. And click Get Started at the top of the page. And take a few minutes to watch some of the introductory uh, videos that they have there. I think the first one's three minutes long. and give you some basic info about cryptocurrency and why it makes you know an, an impact on the world and what it makes it so different from the government money that we have. But if I had to speculate on this, and I did find a headline here... Uh, about a gentleman named Cade Cunningham, who apparently plays with the Detroit Pistons. The story came from August of last year. Uh, he uh, said he's going to be paid in Bitcoin. Uh, 
and nice. And so this may be the person you're talking about. It could yeah, very it probably is. It, it could very well be that they figured out how much this dude got paid. You know, as far as what he was being paid, his salary, and they figured, well, okay, between now and then, he got this much, and so he would have gotten this amount of Bitcoin. And there has been a, a crash in the price of Bitcoin since late 2021. Uh, and so it's down from around $68,000 per coin to about $20,000 right now per per coin. So, I mean, we're talking about it's worth a third, uh, less than a third of, of what it was worth just, you know, a year ago or half a year ago or whatever. And $100,000, it seems kind of low for an NBA player. But if he's only taking part of his salary in Bitcoin, like 10% or something like that, that those numbers could very well make sense. Yeah, there's a lot we don't know about the situation, Bob. But what I would say is if you are accepting pay or a portion of your pay in bitcoin if that's something you choose to do the best thing that you can do is just hold on for the ride because you don't lose until you sell as far as if if you're getting into bitcoin for the money for the investment purposes which in my opinion is the wrong reason uh to get into it. it's a fine reason or whatever for most people but for us it's all about the better form of transaction uh without having a middleman to to me, that's the real benefit is you cut out the middleman, you cut out the banks, you cut out the governments from the picture of money, from that product, if you will. And that means it's a better experience in general. You don't have to ask anyone's permission to send somebody anywhere in the world, whether it be somebody down the street or somebody in China or Japan or wherever. You can send a payment to them and you don't have to go into the bank. You have to show ID. You don't have to beg for permission. You don't get it denied. It goes through. And it's yep. done in a matter of, uh, of moments. So and that's the benefit. And if you're interested in getting into this, you don't have to be an NBA basketball player going to your your team manager or your coach or whatever and be like, hey, I demand portion of my pay. You don't even have to tell your employer you're doing this. Go to wage to pay. I think that's the number two. I don't know because I, okay. I only learned about this after I was prohibited from using cryptocurrency. Is that where they take a direct deposit yes. and they turn it into They give you direct deposit information just like any other checking account. It's got your account number, your routing number, all of that. You give that to your employer and you know most of them allow you to have you know three to five different direct deposits. Some of them going into a savings hmm. account, some of them into a checking account. Well, mm-hmm. you can just make one of this, this one of your accounts and That's it can neat. automatically send like 1%. 2%, 50%, however, whatever much percentage you feel comfortable with. And it can automatically turn that into cryptocurrency that gets deposited directly into your wallet for you. So you don't have to ask your employer to pay you in Bitcoin. You can make sure that you get paid in Bitcoin all by yourself. And the point you made, Aria, about... All by yourself. Yep. And uh, the point you made about being comfortable is important. You always want to put in whatever you can afford to lose. So don't take, you know, if you're not, if you can't afford to lose your whole salary, don't take your whole salary in Bitcoin because that's a terrible idea. uh, The price can be a little crazy sometimes. And for most people, that's hard to handle. But if you put in just something that you can afford to lose, maybe 20 or 50 bucks a week or, or whatever you can afford, you know, if you would have spent it on alcohol or eating at a fine dining restaurant or something, you put that into Bitcoin, just hold on to it and watch what happens over time. It's tended to go up over the last 14 years that it's existed it's quote unquote down right now but it's only down to 2020 levels uh so if, yeah. if this were 2020 we would all be cheering about the record highs thanks for the call bob i right. appreciate hearing from you man uh definitely appreciate the thoughts there from tennessee there's more coming up it's free talk live Free Talk Live. Phones are open here, of course. That's what we do. It's 603-283-6160. And as I mentioned before, Bitcoin.com 
is where you can go. If you want to learn the basics about Bitcoin, just take the time and click Get Started. It, it can seem from the outside like this unattainable goal. Like, it's way too confusing. It's all full of new concepts. And there are new concepts, but it's not particularly complicated from a you know wide perspective. If you want to get into the guts of it, it's going to get complicated, like how the programming sure. works and all the math or whatever, the engineering. I don't know how all that stuff works. And I don't, you don't need to know. I don't need to know. Right. All I need to know is the basics. What is decentralization when it comes to transferring value? What happens when you cut out the banks and the governments from the picture of money? Those are some of the basic concepts that you can get down. Just go to Bitcoin.com, click Get Started at the top of the page, and, and then you can go as deep into the topic as you want to, as you feel comfortable with. And it's a fascinating uh, study. It's a fascinating world and one that you really ought to spend some time on if you care about freedom. When we say learn about Bitcoin, we don't mean that you need to learn how the technology functions and all of that stuff. We just mean, you know, you know how to use your debit card. You know how to keep your debit card safe, how to use it to withdraw cash or whatever. That's what we mean when we say learn about Bitcoin. And we mean the Bitcoin equivalence of learning how to swipe your debit card. Yeah, how to use it as far as commerce is concerned. Because that's what it was designed for. The uh, Bitcoin white paper talks about peer-to-peer electronic cash. And that's what it was supposed to be. Now, there's a whole long conversation about the original Bitcoin versus Bitcoin Cash. And they do cover some of that over at Bitcoin.com. So you can take your time and check that out. We go to your phone calls and thoughts. Thomas is on the line listening online to LRN.FM in Indiana. Go ahead, Thomas. Hello, Ian. Hello, Ari. Welcome. Um, You're on the I heard air. you guys talking earlier about the, uh, about the inflation back in the early 80s and uh, yeah. the fuel crisis in the mid-70s. Um, one thing is uh, the the fuel crisis in the mid seventies had had started. OPEC had formed and uh, they clamped down, and uh, gas had hovered around anywhere from fifteen cents to twenty five cents for decades, I believe. Before that, and uh, it had shot up, you know, to around fifty, sixty cents, and uh, that was, you know, uh, unbearable at the time. And, yeah. And uh, then at the same time, Richard Nixon had put a price freeze on uh, fuel and some other items and uh, so it really just led to a perfect disaster wow yeah it took a lot of uh, years to get out of it i'd seen fuel drop raise and drop several times since then i'd seen it as low as as 60 cents a gallon as late as 1998 but uh well again a price ceiling is always going to be a bad idea but what what caused the need for the desire for Nixon to put in that price ceiling in the first place was the U.S. involvement or support for Israel in the mm-hmm. Yom Kippur War. That's what it says here. And, and of course, right. that, and that goes, sounds believable. Totally. And that's what uh, <laughs> that, w- that was what the founding fathers warned people against was getting involved in foreign entanglements. And yet ever since, you know, World War One, the U.S. has just been picking sides and taking sides. And the, and th- that's there's a price to pay, not just the human lives. Wars that, of alliances. Yep. Not that not just the people that die in those wars. That's the obvious price that gets paid. Yeah. But the fact that according to the story, here at the wikipedia article by the end of the embargo by opec again it started in 1973 uh it ended several months later it looks like it started in october of 73 it ended in march of 74 the price of oil had risen nearly 300 percent going from three dollars a barrel to nearly 12 dollars per barrel and as you pointed out thomas that meant on the streets going from 12 to 15 cents a gallon to four times that amount or three or four times that amount and yeah. so it, it really hurt people Anything else you uh, want to share? Another thing, 
Another thing to remember uh, during the early 80s about with extremely high inflation, another thing that was going on was astronomical interest rates at the same time. And uh, that uh, ha- had the U.S. In a, in, a, in a bind. And uh, I guess it was uh, the recession put in under Paul Volcker, who was the Fed chairman uh, under Reagan. I guess Carter may have appointed him, but uh, he somehow... Uh, uh, made some recession that, that supposedly, you know, lots of people lost their life savings, but supposedly that put the damper on it, on inflation for, for right. Weren't there stockbrokers killing themselves, jumping out of windows and stuff back then? Yeah. Yeah. I did hear about some of that yeah. in the eighties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought, that was, I thought that was a great depression sort of thing. Just not as many of them in the eighties. <laughs> yeah. There were yeah. a few of them. Thanks, Thomas, yeah, for the man. call tonight, man. I really appreciate hearing from you, and thanks for the you know the info from back in the day. Definitely appreciate it. The more things change, the more they stay the same. It certainly seems to be that way. Yeah. I mean, they just change the equations a bit to make it seem like, oh, it's not actually as bad as it was back then, but the numbers are lying because the equations are lying. Right now it's Russia and Ukraine instead of Israel and whoever the else, else was in the Yom Kippur War, I guess, Saudi Arabia. Uh, so... Just the ch- the stage changes, the performers change. Now it's Biden and Trump instead of Nixon, who was a Republican. I really and hate those those Biden guy. did that stickers that people are putting on gas pumps mm-hmm. because it, that's such a childish view of the world to think that yeah. Biden, who's been in office for a little over a year at this point, right. has actually meaningfully affected the value of gas prices. You might as well blame. I don't, Sylvester Stallone for the gas prices, as you well, it's always been a childish view that on, that one man is the responsible party for everything that the federal government does, as though you know the president has any. I'm not excusing the terrible things they do; they do, and they do yeah. have some effect. Yeah, but there's this but, massive bureaucratic right. web behind them that's responsible for are. that nonsense. Yeah, they don't know what the regulations are. They don't know what the bureaucrats are doing. They have no idea. They're just chilling in the White House. Biden's like trying to put his diaper on or whatever. (laughs) Trying to talk to the Easter Bunny. Yeah, trying not to fall off his bicycle. So uh, back to the story here, uh, a little bit more from this was New York Times as featured at DNYUZ.com about Unilever, the big corporation that makes all kinds of products you probably don't even know. Uh, Passing higher prices on to shoppers has led some to buy less or trade down to cheaper store brands, Unilever's results suggest, a trend also seen in Walmart's financial reports. To keep its higher-priced brands in consumers' minds, Unilever said that it added 200 million million euros to its marketing budget in the first half of the year, another factor that put a dent into its profits. That's surprising. I'm I'm amazed, based on their product lineup, that they have to do any marketing at all. you got to keep people with them. They got to keep people from switching to the the generics. Well, they are the generics, market. like no, they're Suave. Not. No, they're advertisements. Suave shampoo is as generic as they come. They isn't have it? advertisement. They have marketing. They have to keep you with Suave. I mean, they keep people with Suave because of the price. The price is low. But if there's a store brand that's a dollar cheaper, people who didn't buy that before, who are squeezed on price now, are going to try the store brand. See, I just in my mind, Suave shampoo has always been the store brand. It's not. It's a private okay. company that manufactures. I mean, I get that, like great yeah. value or whatever, or great value or whatever is, a store brand. is the store right. brand. But you know, and in many cases, Suave shampoo isn't like top shelf no, designer it's shampoo. It's not. Uh, Vo five isn't either, which is another one yeah. that uh, Unilever owns. So, but the fact is, 
even low-priced brands are are feeling pressure from people leaving their product. I mean, tends to be that customers are loyal, right? Like if you like a certain brand, you stick with it. But if you can't pay your bills, then all of a sudden you're you're looking at the great value. You're looking at the yeah. generic brand that has no uh, you know logos or whatever because they have zero advertising budget. They don't have a brand. They're just there on the lower shelf. They're basically the same stuff made by the same company, but with a different label on it. And a lot of people are going to look at that now, and they should. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Talking about the economy and the terrible situation with inflation. It is getting worse. And prices have to go up because that's what happens when they inflate the money supply. Corporations are dealing with it as best they can. Unfortunately, uh, they've been shrinking down product sizes. And at some point, that's got to end because the inflation ain't given up and you can only shrink the product so far. So they're starting to raise prices. And that's what is uh, being covered here partially by this New York Times story, looking at Unilever, Walmart, and some other big corporations uh, seeing that their costs are dramatically going up. Apparently, Unilever's costs rose by 4.6 billion euros, and that is three times, sorry, more than three times its oh, its costs last year. So tremendous increase in prices are coming. They're keeping it as low as they can. They're actually, in some cases, losing profit because they don't want to hit their customers all at once with these big increases. And well, they can't lose money forever. No, they're not losing money. They're they're lowering oh, their lowering profits. Profit. Okay, yeah, yeah, I misunderstood. Yeah, uh, the challenge they can do that probably a fair bit. According to Alan Jope, Unilever, Unilever's chief executive, in a statement, he said, "Quote: The challenges of inflation persist, and the global macroeconomic outlook is uncertain." So he's, he's not wrong. Yeah, and he's not just talking about the U.S. global macroeconomic outlook. A sign that premium brands can in some cases retain customers despite higher prices came from Unilever's ice cream division. And they got a lot of ice cream brands. We were looking at the Wikipedia earlier off the air just to see all the different brands that they uh, they have, like Klondike, Dove, uh, Briars, I think was... That uh, makes ice cream. Theirs. They make pretty good chocolate. Or they make fa- they make acceptable chocolate. Okay. I, know, I wouldn't want to call it pretty good. I wouldn't put, put my name next to the word <laughs> Dove is pretty good chocolate, but it's acceptable. Unilever's ice cream division was one of the few categories to record volume growth. Uh, Separately, in a similar vein, another chocolatier said Tuesday reported better than expected sales and profit growth for the second quarter, pushing its stock up more than 4%. So why are people buying more ice cream? Because they're depressed because their lives suck. That's exactly right. That's my guess. The government locked them in their houses for the last year and a half to two years, and they... You know, attended dance parties online with their cats or whatever, mm-hmm. and they, then they go, they finish doing that, and they have a glass of wine. They go, "Oh my God, this is the worst day of my life," and they just down a whole pint. Yeah, right there. What else are they going to do? Walmart stock was well; it could exercise. They're also not even getting laid. So, well, yeah, exercise would have been better. Uh, Walmart stock was down nine percent in pre-market trading. The retail giant's warning it would need to continue marking down inventory that wasn't selling because many shoppers are shifting to cheaper, lower-margin products. So, it's like we were talking about earlier. A lot of customers are are leaving their brand loyalty behind, and they're saying, "All right, I'm willing to try the store brand, see how it is. Might suck." But it might be okay. A lot of times, well, in general, they're just fine. A lot of them are fine. That's true. 
Sometimes they suck. I mean, Sam's Cola? No, it's no Coca-Cola and no Pepsi. If you want to cut your costs, you shouldn't be drinking sodas. That's also a fair point. You should quit drinking sodas. You'll lose some weight, and you will uh, have a little bit more money at the end of the month. Last month, Target also warned that its profits would be lower because of inventory markdown. So you've got these big retailers... Who are? It's bad news for their, uh, you know, their stockholders because the company's not making as much profit. But in order to move product, they feel like they've got to cut prices off the shelf in order to get people to consider buying things that are just sitting there gathering dust. You know, a bunch of uh, laundry detergent that just sits there isn't any good to the store. So they would rather yep. go ahead and start, you know, low, low prices. What do they call it? Fall, roll back, roll back the prices. And hope that somebody will actually make a purchase and move that inventory. So that's what's happening out there. So that's good for customers. But, of course, none of this is good in the overall sense because, well, we're getting slammed with uh, with higher prices everywhere. The Federal Reserve is expected to act aggressively this week, is what we were talking about before, to rein in, quote-unquote, rising prices. It ain't going to do that. No, of course not. With another large It'll rate It'll make them increase. slightly less bad. A move that risks tipping the economy into recession. Now, this is the other thing. I was mentioning that. I can't wait. You fed, you do your whole stupid thing. I've basically got a trial against you idiots coming up in, you know, four months. Just keep wrecking the economy, man. Make it worse. (laughs) Make it so every one of those jurors is feeling the pinch. Yeah. From brought on by the government. Bravo. Golf clap for the government all around for just having absolutely no self-awareness or sense of self-preservation. The uh, So this, this idea of recession is something that's been getting shares on social media recently that I've seen. The White House press secretary I was mentioning to you earlier that never answers a, a question straight has been asked by the media some good questions, actually, about wow. well, what's the definition of Infl- or uh, of a recession, and she won't answer the question. Oh, was it? Oh, I sort of saw this one uh, in some news article recently, yep. where they're like, "Well, we don't technically meet the qualifications of a recession because of this obscure reason, or whatever." Well, according to what they used to say prior to this current situation, what they used to say it was two consecutive quarters where GDP was uh, the growth of the economy was negative. So as long as there's two negative quarters in a row, they consider that, or they did, consider that a recession. And that has actually been brought up to these spokespeople for the government. And they just yeah. pay, they play it off like, oh, no, 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 that's not what, uh, moving on. We, you know, they just don't want to talk about it. I don't know how, what, in what crazy ways they, they define recession, but the United States and the world in general is absolutely in a recession. You cannot... Shut down economies mm-hmm. for months at a time, disrupt supply chains, inflate the currency, and then have a war between Russia and Ukraine without also getting a recession in that process. There Pretty is much. a recession going on, and it's not going away. Never mention, never mind the, the truckers who could cross into the United States right. to deliver the stuff in the first place. Yeah, there's a recession, and it's going to get worse before it gets better. And it was all created by government policy. Every bit of it, yeah. Let's go to Sarah. She's in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Yes. I've been hearing that the out of the Ukrainian soldiers, there's people that are giving out their locations to the Russians to bomb um, where the soldiers are. So, so you're saying the Ukrainian soldiers have turncoats who are working for the Russians. Well, that, I, I've been hearing that a couple of times, even from um, President Zelensky. Um, there's a couple of them that are 
pretending to be they are soldiers in Ukrainian, but they're actually working for the Russians, right? So, Sir, whose side are you on in this conflict? Well, isn't it obvious that no, I'm not at for all. The Russians? Okay, you are for the it's Russians. Very obvious. Okay, so I'm, I'm I, it up. I mean, most of the leftists that I know are hardcore for Ukraine. And that is true. She's different in that way. Okay, so why are they out? Uh, Ukrainians are fighting for capitalism. The Russians well, are fighting for, for <laughs> communism. So, or socialism. Oh, that's right. Then, Sarah believes that the Russians you, are still secretly communists. That's right. The USS has the USS. USSR is reforming. They're still alive. Yes, that's right. I forgot about that. Okay, Sarah, I don't believe you really believe that, but you know, could Why I wouldn't you believe for... what you think she's putting us because on? Because of how? Yeah, I, I kind of. You think, think Sarah's so... a character? You don't think she's real? It, 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 I do until she says stuff like, well, "Isn't it obvious? I'm obviously for Russia because they're the communists." At which point, it's like, okay. You, it's a very elaborate troll, and kudos to you. I think she's real. I don't think this is. A, I don't think Sarah's a troll. Well, look, they just threw out Starbucks and McDonald's. Okay, so they're capitalists. No, they didn't throw out McDonald's. America. McDonald's. McDonald's chose to leave. McDonald's said, mm, "Oh, well, we yeah. want to. We want to. Uh, you know, signal to our buyers in the rest of the world that we don't like." What the Russian government's doing, so we're going to punish the Russian people, who of course have no say in what uh, Putin is actually doing. We're going to punish the people of, of Russia by closing 800 stores and then just leaving. Oh, is that how many there? But uh, now it's a state-owned restaurant, from what I was told. It's government subsidized I restaurant. Don't, really? Like, I, 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 I think don't from know. what I'm hearing, you know, the people's for, the people's McChicken. I, I was so what? E- even if they did. <laughs> Even if they they did socialize the McDonald's, I mean, th- this is the socialist victory here. Is socialized McNuggets? Well, the, the, I mean, the, I mean, I'm I'm really convinced that Russia is communist. That was China, and they're all gonna back. But she up. won't move there. Thanks for the call, Sarah. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever you want. I'm going to question her claim about McDonald's and the new McDonald's in Russia being state-owned. We'll see what we can find out about that. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and you can join us here and bring up anything in the remaining moments at 603-283-6160. Wasn't expecting to talk about the new Russian McDonald's. It's not called McDonald's, but... Thank you, Sarah. But I was curious. She does bring up some some topics. Uh, I I was... (laughs) She's usually wrong about them, but she does bring them up, and they're sometimes worth talking about and i'm pretty sure she's wrong about the claim that it is somehow a state-owned thing i she really wants to believe that russia is this communist secret communist place i'm i would be shocked if it doesn't belong to the same people they belonged to before only they lost their right to franchise it as a mcdonald's or whatever and now they're calling it you know something else mcputin or some nonsense yeah yeah i think you pretty much have summed it uh based on what i've seen here in the last five minutes i've been researching this uh which is that uh, of course for listeners that don't know mcdonald's made a big stink about closing their stores in russia because well the russian you know president invaded ukraine and so there was this whole big corporate 
Uh, and that's know. amazing, right? I've never seen a corporation like they cut off their noses to spite their. They, yeah. cl- closed, they closed 800, 800 stores. stores. That's a huge market. And they were just like, yep, we're going to pull out of that entirely and not do business there anymore. Pepsi did the same. Visa did the same. A lot of these companies did the same. And it's like, that runs counter to every free market principle I've ever heard of in my life, that these companies exist. These evil corporations that we're told about, they exist just to make profit. Well, that clearly cannot be true. They're they're clearly in existence to, you know... I guess, fillet the American government, basically, like, you know, to that's be their what bitch. I, I mean, that's what I would expect from corporatism, right? Yeah, Where the, they will is. do whatever the U.S. government wants them to do because they're part of the same corporate entity. Right. This government, our mommy government over here in the United States, is our favorite government. And so we want to show our solidarity with them. And we're literally to drop how many billions of dollars off of our uh, corporate revenue sheet or whatever. I mean, it could have been small amounts, right? mm -hmm. McDonald's is huge. So according to this, and and by the way, McDonald's has a big history in Russia. If you remember, uh, it was at the time of the end of the Soviet Union when... You know, it sucks in communism. You, you're dealing with bread lines and stuff like that, right? Like, it, it's terrible. If there's even food to get. Right. It's terrible. And now, all of a sudden, you can have a McDonald's for yeah, the first the time Yeah, that's the tragic ever. thing, right? Like, the, the McDonald's opening there and the first person, those were huge deals. Yeah. That's a big, it was a big deal. Like, I can even remember that. I was a kid, you know, at the time when that when that happened. But I remember that the, the sort of the monumentous of that occasion that was like such a big deal the story was that people that went in there couldn't even fathom right they they didn't even know what it was like to order a thing from a service-based restaurant like that that didn't exist they could not like seeing items on a menu with numbers next to them that was in stock yeah it just was absolutely unfathomable by the people that went there. But obviously, over the years, they got used to it. And then it, McDonald's had a, was successful, and it expanded to hundreds of restaurants. And then all of a sudden, because of one little conflict somewhere in the world, they closed their entire business down, ultimately selling it off, according to uh, the Wikipedia article about what is now called, I'm sure I'm going to butcher this, Vxno Itochka. Which apparently translates roughly to tasty, and that's it. <laughs> that is the name. Well, they're of lying. This. I don't know. McDonald's, I guess, it, it, it is tasty. It is good. It's not gourmet food, but it's it's what you would expect. And uh, apparently it is like somebody related to the old uh, franchisee of the McDonald's there that had the rights to McDonald's. He probably uh, doesn't want to have his name on it in case this all blows over. His name is Alexander Govor. Uh, apparently, they have sold their stores to him. So maybe he's involved with this other syndicate or, not, or whatever. I don't know. But then uh, they had a bunch of discussions over what the new name should be. And they released a new logo. And some people say the new logo looks a lot like a, a letter M. And, weird. Yeah. Well, it's not weird. It's like, you know, no. No, it's, it's our sarcastic is. weird. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, and so they are using... I'm surprised they even bothered. Just I, turn it sideways or whatever. According to... The general director of the chain, the uh, at the initial stage of opening, restaurants will not carry every menu item that they had originally planned due to supply chain issues. According to their quality man- uh, manager, the dishes contain the same ingredients and are made with the same equipment as when McDonald's operated the restaurants but are served with different packaging. They obviously do not use the same brand names, so they've changed the names of the items on the menu. But Why even bother? It's not like McDonald's can sue them in Russian courts or whatever. And even if they, they do, the Russian court is like, hey, uh, yeah, no, get you. out. 
imperialist yep. pig dog or whatever they would call them. Yep. So now they're calling it uh, instead of the quarter pounder with cheese, it's now the grand burger, and instead of the filet fish, it's now the fish burger. Uh, instead of the McChicken, it is the chicken burger. And instead of the seriously chicken, it is the chicken premiere. What is the seriously chicken? This is the first no time I've idea. ever heard of that. Okay. No clue. Instead of the McWrap, it's the Caesar roll and so on. So that's it. There's the only thing I've heard about Walmart in recent, I mean, not Walmart, McDonald's in recent years was when they attempted these, quote, menu hacks. And I hate saying that. I hate how everyone refers to everything as hacks. But you could order like the. You're talking about the secret menu items? Yeah, the lead air and sea. They actually added these things to DoorDash. And I was never brave really? enough to try one because, yeah. But temporarily, no one liked them. They all hated them. Like you would mm. order the Land, Air, and Sea Burger, which is a burger or Land, Air, yeah, Land, Air, and Sea Burger. It's a burger patty with a McChicken and a filet of fish. Right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely disgusting. And it was, there's a reason it's not on the menu, right? But they wouldn't even do that. When you order the Land, Air, and Sea Burger, they would just sell you a filet of fish, a McChicken, and a quarter pounder. Separately, you'd have to put it together? You'd have to put it together. And you'd have like two entire leftover pieces of buns or whatever that you didn't even need. So it was really, really like... secret. And that's if you're courageous enough to eat fish, chicken, burger in the first... I don't even want to eat turducken. And what I've heard is that's actually pretty good. I want to go to the phones here. Uh, unscreen caller, you're on in the remaining moments here. Free Talk Live. What's your name? Uh, Ron. Ron, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, uh, is it Ariella? Aria, yeah. The lady's name? Aria? Okay. Do you refer your, to yourself as a lady or a, a guy? Or what's your uh, prefix, I guess, is the best way to say it? I, I generally don't refer to myself in the third person. Well, <laughs> yeah, but were you... What do you what do you write when you him or her or what? Well, that would be referring to myself in the third person, right? Do you regularly call yourself he or him or she or her? Yeah, uh, yeah, I do. Okay, see, because I don't, I don't. Because if I if I went so, back to my house or whatever, I would be like, I took her home. I'd be like, I went home because I speak in first person perspective. Okay, well, we're getting into semantics, and that's not my point. What so, is your point? Um, you talked about uh, Biden earlier, uh, people accusing Biden of being responsible for uh, our fuel prices and that sort of thing. But if you remember, if you go back to when he was campaigning, he was going to wage a war on fossil fuels. And now, you know, he's got that war going on and we're paying the price of it. You know, it was Congress that passed all of the uh, the big bailouts, right? The trillions of dollars during both Trump right, and yeah. Biden. Yeah, they did. Right. Biden subject, signed it, and so did Trump. On the subject of Biden's campaign promises, I have no idea what the hell that dude promised while he was running. I paid zero attention to anything except his buffoonery and gaffes. Well, here's the thing is, yeah, aside from the buffoonery, uh, you know, he's cut down on our oil production in our, this country. We were exporting oil. And oil products uh, based on the oil we were pumping out of this country. I don't even have an oil company. Which is crazy, right? Like exporting oil when you can use it right here is a crazy thing to do, isn't it? Well, if you can make money off of it. But that the point is, is we had enough oil in excess. That we're sending it overseas. But that's not who's we though. That's not true. They were also importing oil from overseas. Why would you do that? I mean, we're uh, not if, the Soviet Union. You don't have any oil. Some American company may have had some oil, but you didn't have anything. There is no we here. There's no the people's oil. Well, we the people, the See, government. See, that's straight up communism, man. Well, you're not the government, are you? 
I'm part of the government. Oh, well, really? You work for that? Part of the government. Are we not? What agency do you I work did for? At one time. Oh, see, I'm okay. a private citizen. An individual. Yeah. I'm not even a citizen. There's uh, yeah, no such I, thing as a I, citizen. I wish I hadn't used that word. Citizen's a lie. Do you pay taxes? What I do under duress is irrelevant. Yeah. Do you know what a citizen is, sir? Yeah, Can you define you it? Taxes. I mean, Can you define citizen? Well, they'll shoot me if I don't. But what's the definition of citizen? You belong to the, a country? Oh, no, so I'm their property? It. No, that, That's even worse than right. the real definition. Is I'm the government's property. I'm sorry to tell you, and I wish we had more time to talk. Unfortunately, you called right at the end of the show. So if you want to talk further about this, call us tomorrow night. But the definition of a citizen is one who owes a duty of allegiance in return for an obligation of protection. Go ahead. Look it up. Don't take my word for it. Uh, and that's true in law dictionaries, and it's true in just a normal dictionary. That's what a, di- a citizen is. And the government has said many times, the U.S. federal government, Supreme Court has said many times, they have no obligation to protect you. None whatsoever. And so if they have no obligation to you, how can you have a duty to them? Something to think about. See you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, you can join us over at freetalklive.com.